To Hell with the Hot Dish represents the opinions and musings of three not overly intelligent pastors working to challenge a church long defined by a cliché casserole culture. The thoughts expressed here are their own and not necessarily the thoughts of any larger institution. So feel free to find your seat, stow all expectations for answers in the overhead compartment, and join us on this misguided adventure. This is To Hell with the Hot Dish. this this misguided adventure that we have affectionately titled to hell with the hot dish and i am alex in minot north dakota and the weather is a little brisk i'm lorne in cincinnati ohio and the weather is finally turning cooler and i'm kyle in fort worth texas and the weather is what's well, gonna be 84 today so it's, it's same old beautiful. same old from kyle same nothing old, new old, sunny and great just that's what stupid well and buck 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 oh, I, thought, I thought lauren was just swearing i'm like what are you what? doing <laughs> no my i love that saying my, my mother-in-law always says that like it, it, she always says buck buck and uh, when I first heard it, I was like, what are you saying, Susie? He's a chicken. And, and <laughs> like if someone was like having trouble opening up a ketchup bottle and someone else were to say, um, hey, give it to me. I can do that. She'd be like, well, buck, buck. Um, ah. Or if like if you're ever bragging about anything, like having 80 degree weather in October, it's like, well, buck, buck. So you, it's like a proud chicken dance. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, <laughs> you're going to use unnecessary, it, Kyle. Kyle. You need to throw your hate around here. You know what? I, I'm actually I'm okay with it because tis the season. You know what it is? I've got my <laughs> chips. I got my drinks. I'm throwing a party at my house because it's fight night, y'all. I'm so excited. Are you ready for the fight? Is this a is this a fight? What? What it's fight? a fight you, night. Is it it's on October HBO? 19th. Who's boxing tonight? It's October 19th, and those two drunken toddlers are going to yell at each other, <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a it's going to be a knockdown, drag out, dumb thing, and I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm, it's going to be great. In this corner, the man with the golden hair. <laughs> the golden hair, that's right. It's debate night, ladies and gentlemen. And that means we're going to watch some real poor behavior. Uh, oh, if, I can, if I'm judging yeah. from the last few debates. And uh, I'm just excited. How about you guys? What do you guys have organized for the fight tonight? Kyle, what are you up to for the, for the, the, <laughs> the <laughs> for fight, fight night? <laughs> fight night. Election year. I got, I got stuff going on at church. I might miss the, well, no, I'll catch the end, I'm sure. So, um, you'll, you'll get it when it's like descended into absolute madness. You'll get there while they're just going, no, you are, no, you are. Yeah. I kind of have to watch it on DVR so I can fast forward, you know, until they quit pulling each other's hair out and everything. No, no. The beginning is the most civil part. They they, like, yeah, they're on, they're on script. It's perfect. And then someone's like, (laughs) you're a baby. It's like, no, you're a baby. You know what you are? You're a hater. It's like, I'm not a hater. Cause I'm wearing, I've been drinking my haterade hater. You're a hater. And then it descends into <laughs> chaos and everyone just go and the moderators, those poor people are just like, stop it, stop it, stop it. I'm like, they need to get a striped shirt and they need to get in there before they throw a chair at each other. 
It's, I think it's they the should best. have to. I think the contestants should have to wear like those. The contestants. I love this. These are <laughs> no, nominees for president of the United States, and that's how we're watching it. Like should it's have a game to wear show. those like shot collars that dogs wear, and when they go <laughs> over, they get shot. <laughs> you see them holding up the, the little clicker and shocking them. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. I would not want to be one of those moderators. Oh my gosh. Oh my I gosh. Cannot get the them point? to shut up. I it's just chaos. I couldn't do it. Well, oh. especially this go around. I mean, this this whole cycle is just ridiculous. It, it it's unbelievable. And no, uh, I'm no. gonna pop some popcorn. I'm probably gonna you know open up crack open a nice cold ginger ale tonight and, uh, and sit down. And <laughs> I'm gonna need something harder than a ginger ale. I think if my I'm gonna fight watch beverage is a sweet ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I, I, I'm what buck buck? I don't know. Buck buck, You and your fancy ginger beverages. <laughs> Man, you're fancy. <laughs> well, you know, guys, we've got a we've got a special uh, we've got a special episode today because you know here at To Hell with the Hot Dish we haven't really talked a whole lot about the election yet um, because we've been waiting to have a uh, a special guest with us who can help us because we're all <laughs> so because th- this is out of control. We have a fellow podcaster out there who podcasts on the More Perfect Union podcast. It's one of the fastest growing political podcasts out there today it is a great podcast yeah and so today i am uh happy to introduce to you here in the cincinnati studio uh greg matuzak is here today well thank you guys very much for having me uh at to hell with a hot dish it's wonderful to be here uh and yeah i'm with the more perfect union podcast plug 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 Plug, real debate without the hate is our motto I Thank like you. that. Yes, yes. We're a, we're a podcast where we try to bring different people of political views and we try to have a friendly discussion. We have uh, several liberals, several Republicans or conservatives, and we have a couple of libertarians every week. And we try to have a friendly discussion about the local political goings on a national and even international uh, every week. It's, it's a lot of fun. The more perfect union podcast, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I really like about it is that at the start of all of your episodes, each of you go around, introduce yourself, and you just put it straight out there where you are. So, you know, one of the persons will be like, hey, I'm the – it's Greg actually. He's like, I'm the liberal Democrat. Someone else will say, I'm the moderate Democrat or I'm the, I'm the firebrand conservative. And uh, so you, they, they have to name That's like cool. who they are, where they are. And then they have this dialogue that's pretty pretty amazing that it doesn't end up in straight up fight night, you know? No, no. We are we try to be very respectful. We're friends. That's the first part. Yeah. We we are very friends. We've known each other for well over a year. Um I did not know these people going in. I knew one of them going in for years and years, and he's left the podcast, Al Mead. He's a dentist who has his own podcast. Um, and he's left, but now I've known each other, these guys for over a year now. And one of the things that we were talking before, before we were recording, I don't speak for the Republicans. I don't speak for the conservatives. And this works. And if you have family of a different political agenda, this is a great way. Or if you're ever in a conversation, don't speak for anyone other mm-hmm. than your political leanings. And this will save you from fights. This will save you from arguments. 
I only speak for my political leaning. So I say, well, this is how the liberal, I'm a liberal, by the way, I'm a liberal Democrat. I say, this is how the liberal Democrats, I never say, you Republicans, I never wag my fingers. And then when they say, well, this is how we feel, I say, oh, I agree with this point. I agree with that point. Or then I'll ask questions. How do you feel mm-hmm. about that? That's one of my big questions. How do you feel? It's a great conversation starter. And we usually meet halfway on a lot of things. So it works out well. Yeah, I'm curious. How did you guys get how did you guys get started? Where how you know, where was the where did the idea come from? There's a uh, there's a Facebook group called Open Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of us met there and someone suggested we do a podcast. One of the guys in the group was a uh, writer for Saturday Night Live. Whoa. Yeah. So he's fascinating. It's Kevin Kelton. He uh, has wonderful stories and he'll he'll drop them occasionally like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew Gary Kroger. I knew uh, I knew Billy. Cr- I wrote that for Billy Crystal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he'll he'll throw those out like, oh, you mean you didn't write something for Billy Crystal in the 80s? Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Hi, take that. I, I thought everyone Name did. Drop. How's everyone's foot? Yeah, he'll, he'll trip so much. And you know what? To add one thing is that I love that when and I'm a new listener, but I've listened to the last like three or four episodes that where you guys can laugh at each other and like Saturday Night Live poke fun a little bit and, and had some humor. I think it brings you all together at least a little bit, at least in, in wanting to be at the table together. And like we like we try to laugh and banter and y'all do that, too. And I think that brings a nice, fresh feel to the conversation. Oh, laughing. You have to laugh at politics. You have to laugh at these things. If you can't laugh at what's going on Ugh. now, and and always you have to be able to laugh. If uh, The Daily Show and a lot of these political comedies haven't shown us that, I mean, the absurdity. I mean, sometimes it's sad, but we still laugh. You always have to laugh. And these are your friends. The first thing we want to do is laugh. I, one of my favorite things is we always talk about mandates whenever someone wins an election i always say mandate and it's an old old reference to uh a george bush uh winning and it's dumb it's stupid <laughs> but it's one of my favorite jokes but amongst you guys it's a good little bit you know right it's it's our bit and they laugh just to make me happy i think i, I don't even think they find it funny <laughs> but they they do it just to make me make me happy and and that's how you can tell their friends and 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 what what was the vision? How did you guys kind of coalesce around that your tagline "Real Debate Without the Hate"? Because that seems almost it's impossible so hard. in today's context and culture that that to have real debate, real dialogue without the hate. I, I love that phrase. You know, that's funny because that di- that tagline didn't come until I, I want to say five or six months into the podcast, and we were having this podcast, and we realized. We were having this debate. We were having this these enjoyable discussions, and they were always fun. We had picked people who were funny and enjoyable and knowledgeable, who had backgrounds not only in comedy or in the real world, but also in the political arena. I had worked for years, besides teaching, working on campaigns and various aspects. So we were all very knowledgeable, but we were fun, and we weren't having these hateful, angry, slamming down silverware. You have to leave the room. Why are you making your mother cry? Um, <laughs> look what, what you've you done, done to your sister. Yeah, every, my, my typical Thanksgiving. 
<laughs> well, that's it's funny because I think that's that's not that uncommon. I had a, my my grandmother passed away a little little less than a year ago, and it was so wild because um, our family came together, and my brother, my oldest brother, him and her had this like crazy relationship all through my brother's like adolescence as he was learning about politics. I think he's he was uh, at that time really learning about it and was leaning into um, he was he was conservative Republican, and my grandma was very liberal. And I remember him pushing her buttons and one year he asked for Christmas. She goes, you can have anything for Christmas, you know, like put your list together. And he goes, I want one thing for Christmas. And she goes, oh, great. What is it? And he goes, I want the Limbaugh letter. I want you to pay for it. (laughs) She's like, no, never. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not getting a Christmas present because that's all I want. And I just remember, like, as a kid, I'm He's like, lucky he wasn't written out wild. of her will. Yeah, like, I remember sitting there being like, Chris, like, you know, you've heard what she says about that man. She's never going to do it. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> but, like, that's that's how discourse was in a family is it's just this chaotic tension. Oh, gosh. Well, you know what's funny is, like, I imagine some of our listeners right now that have tuned into this episode are thinking like their anxiety yeah. might be through oh, the roof no. right yes. now, even though we're having fun and we're joking around because, oh my gosh, in the church, I mean, in culture in general, people tend to shy away from politics. You get a few personality types. You get those regardless of their positions that are just firebrands right. that are just, mm-hmm. they always want to stir the pot. They mm-hmm. always want to talk about it. But I think the vast majority of people are so afraid of even the po- the topic of politics coming up a lot like, religion and faith you know those are the two things so this might be a cataclysmic event here having a, a political and a and a faith-based podcast collide but but i imagine a lot of our listeners are like oh no um, i'm about to hate this podcast gonna, you know they're, they're the, the pastor yeah i'm about to hate this podcast i'm gonna look for something to hate i'm gonna i'm gonna if that one phrase is said oh i'm tuning them out i'm taking back my review i'm gonna i'm gonna slander their name all over social media because people are so afraid of talking about politics especially in mm-hmm. the totally. church totally. like i i find people are just you know and it's difficult it's difficult to talk about things that you hold near and dear to your heart that you're passionate about it's really difficult to do that but it's even more difficult i find for people to shut up Mm -hmm. and listen just to be quiet and listen to one another without immediately jumping to let me tell you where you're wrong on that one buddy phrase or the tagline or right one of the things that we always talk about is most people don't listen they're waiting for their next thing to say yes Mm -hmm. And so a technique that we we have used before is, look, I'm going to say something and I'm not we're not going to leave the subject until you repeat Mm -hmm. it back to me. (laughs) What in a different in your own words. They heard you. So like I'm going to say like, hey, you know, guns for crazy people or whatever. And then you have to say until you're going to say something right Mm -hmm. back to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I hear you. You you are looking for, you know, ammunition and weapons for people who are criminally insane. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Uh-huh. But I believe. But you have to say it back before you move on to your next salient point. And it's a great way to have and move that discussion if you want to have that discussion. I try to avoid because people have their points and they want to have their points and moving people three weeks or two weeks before an election yeah rarely happens yeah yeah so 
The other thing I do to people, and, and since I, I do talk a lot about politics, I talk a lot about music and I talk a lot about politics. And if I have a chance, two weeks before an election, I'll talk music. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. I, I, get, I get punched a lot less. <laughs> so what I, uh, this is my other technique and it works great. In churches, I actually had this discussion in a church. Someone, want, someone knew my podcast and they said, oh yeah, I've listened to your podcast. Let me tell you. And I said, wait. Here, let's do this. You pick 10 things that you want from a presidential candidate. Doesn't matter which. You pick 10 things that you find dear, that causes, or things that you are looking for, okay? Uh, Whether it's education, immigration, gun control, whatever, okay? Now, chances are this next president is only going to deliver on mm, three, maybe two. Let's be realistic, okay? Because of... (sighs) Truly, the powers of the president doesn't is not omnipotent. Omnipotent. Really? Omnipotent. They can't even say it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Really? Because the way that they're talking is it's that's how it works. That's what I thought that this was. Exactly. They've got a genie in the oh, lamp. Okay. I, that's got to explain it. So you pick the ten, and then you go with that candidate, and then you you're okay with that decision. Okay. And then the rage mm-hmm. leaves you. Okay. And then you're okay. <laughs> we have exercised the demons. You know? Well, it's a way to get people to step back and think about what they say before they open their mouth a little bit, which is which is a way of mm-hmm. uh, listening to yourself and listening to another person and, and approaching the subject with just at least a hope to come together. I don't know how we how we do it. I try to model with and I don't do it great all the time, but a little bit of humility to say, I don't know if I have the right answer and to, or to say, I don't think either of the candidates is absolutely perfect, which is what you're saying, you know, that they can't deliver on all 10 things, you know, that maybe there's not a perfect answer out there. Well, we had here at Prince of Peace, we had a, a member of the church the last few weeks and a few more coming up is leading an adult forum on uh, the classes titled How to Live in Love Like Jesus in an Election Year. They're each week they're taking a different hot button issue yeah. and they're talking about it. So last week was gun gun Whoa. control. <laughs> you can imagine you can imagine some oh, of the wow. fireworks you know here at church and and it's interesting because and the class isn't isn't designed to to influence how you vote. It's it's designed to get people dialoguing and um, having conversation and thinking about whether or not their faith informs their politics or do your political leanings inform Mm -hmm. then your faith. And that is hard to parse out. It's, 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 it really is difficult. And I think part of the, part of the thing that I find really frustrating with folks that are, let's say Democrat or Republican is that everyone seems to take this moral superiority and intellectual superiority over, over the other. And uh, they, they seem to claim that. And I think there are things in both platforms or parties that can definitely be influenced by one's faith. But there are other things that I think are hard and very difficult to reconcile mm-hmm. to your faith in, in Christianity. And the thing that frustrates me is when people act like mm-hmm. that's not the case, mm-hmm. when they act like, no, the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, whatever it might be, that is the party of Jesus. <laughs> And I'm like, um, I don't, I don't, know if I I don't go think there. so. Like, I don't, I don't think that is no, possible. No. 
you know, uh, it, 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 th- there are noble things and there are very broken things in, in all the parties. So I think separating sacred and secular in our minds is compartmentalizing that is sometimes our own construction. And I don't think it works that way all the time. But the problem is we don't get a lot of good practice of interaction between the sacred and the secular in my life and having conversations healthy conversations where you talk about it that's practice and it's work and it's hard because we don't do that a lot that's why the podcast is helpful that class that you were talking about lauren i think is helpful because we don't practice that a lot i watched a conversation on facebook unfold that i thought was fascinating because uh i forget I forget who it was, but somebody had said something about that kind of claiming some sort of moral superiority. Thank God I'm not like this. You know, uh, we have that Luke 18 text this week, and I love that there's that line of the Pharisee going up to the temple and saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like the robbers and the thieves and all of them. And something like that happened where they were just like totally condemning the other side. And then the other side responded in some comment. And then somebody responded with like, hey, y'all are all fighting. And it's funny. I'm just sitting here like Jesus is king. And I go, oh, I mean, that's an idea. That's an idea. But somebody's response was great. They go, well, then what's it like? What does that mean that Jesus is king? And that's where I think Lauren's quite like conversation that's happening at his church about your faith informing your politics is a good question. Like, I think, yeah, you, there's no perfect party for your faith, but there is an importance in dialogue in our communities of faith about how do we best reflect the kingdom of God? Like, don't mm-hmm. we want, don't we want good things for people? Right. Don't we want to grow mercy and peace? I think that should definitely inform your politics that you, you try to support a community that is towards reconciliation and radical welcome or invitation. Whatever your beliefs are, they should reflect that. But it's so sad that in church we turn it into like a, well, don't talk about it. Jesus is in control. So don't listen. I'll vote my way. You vote your way. Let's not have any conversation about it. That's a bummer, right? Because we're talking about a whole, we're not talking about Sunday mornings. We're talking about our life together as disciples. And we need to learn how to do discourse, how to actually have conversations to grow closer. Well, it's difficult as, you know, a a pastor. I wonder if you guys feel this way as well, because, you know, I can preach a sermon out of the Gospels. I I can say something. And I found that a lot of people hear my words initially as political words, not faith based words. And I, I think that's people's first lens, honestly. Well, we live with that lens most of the days of the week, right? And we live so. with that. And we, we have to name that. So like faithful Christians, I think we, we live with this lens of whatever it might be. You know, we I live you live in Fort Worth, Texas, whatever the local dealings are in Fort Worth. You're thinking Ooh, about those, politics, you. being an American citizen, being all these things. And so when I preach a sermon, let's say – on um, loving the stranger or welcoming the, the, the refugee or rel- welcoming the immigrant or whatever it might be, you know, right. um, I'm preaching out of the gospels. You know, I'm preaching, I'm preaching based on our holy text, but people hear that with the political platform that might or might not be prevalent in society. And they don't first hear it as a word of God. And I find that really interesting. And so there's work that needs done. And so I find one of the defaults of pastors is to, is to then just soften all their messages, soften all their preaching, is to, is to try to not ruffle possible. any feathers because 
Well, we don't want to create political, and I don't ever want to be a pastor that stands up in the pulpit and says, this is exactly who you should vote for, blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't think that's necessarily our role. I think the role of ministry is to encourage people, again, to live and love like Jesus. And yes, we all have interpretations of that. We all have understandings of that. We have convictions about what that means. But I can't separate out at the same time my faith and then how I understand the world. You know, I I can't separate out my faith and how I understand what it means to parent Mm -hmm. a child. I can't Mm -hmm. separate out my faith and what it means for me to go to the election Mm -hmm. poll. Um, You know, but it's Mm -hmm. difficult. It's difficult work because people are so tense. One of the things, Greg, you were talking about is that you ask people to talk about a topic and say, you know, how do you feel about that, that you guys, that you ask that question? And some of that is helpful because, you know, you can't criticize the way I feel about something and to practice talking about it. I mean, you can try, I guess. Yeah, sure. I can ju- I can sit in judgment. That's it's right. easy to do that. <laughs> then we go to a whole nother realm, right? But that speaking the truth in love, saying this is how I feel about this, at, at least is, is a way, I don't know, I think that's a helpful question, you know, to say, how do you feel about it? You know, it's it's easy, especially with politics, for people to rationalize sermons and the word of God when looking through a political lens. Both sides do this all the time. It's one of my biggest pet peeves when both sides say, well, look, in the Bible, it says, you know, give unto Caesar what is Caesar, give unto Jesus what is his. And I think I misquoted that because, you know. I'm, That's all right. But now you're fine. You're doing fine. Don't worry about it. Because I just threw that off the. You just reference Um, Bible, which is people will 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 say that. Well, hey, I you know this is what it means here, and this is what it means here, or you know, and they'll rationalize their thoughts politically, and it's terrible when political campaigns do this. And I love flyers. I love political flyers. It's one of my favorite things about living in Ohio is that we get more political flyers. And at Texas, you never no, get uh, political flyers. Well, but sometimes. in Ohio, we get tons of them. Oh, we, oh. We, we love them. And one of the reasons we love them is because people who make them and people who print them and people who deliver them, they get money. It goes into our tax base. So we get it's like a billion dollars and billions and billions and billions. So it's one of the reasons I love them. But I have tons of um, flyers and printers and mailers that have all sorts of Bible verses on them. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's no reason this should be on there. And, and it's very subjective. And people look at it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, and, and one of the things that when you use the Bible that way to support your point, you know, it almost is like, see, the Bible stands with me, right? And we're trying to win out in the end or, or get the thing that wins. And I was thinking about that too the other day. We got four Gospels that talk about Jesus. And let me just say, n- not one of those four actually wins in the end, right? It's not about competition or using something to your advantage it's about a dialogue between all of them right and let alone the old testament mm-hmm. yeah right i think that's helpful yeah it's difficult well, what are some of the things you guys have noticed at the more perfect union podcast with like do you get listener mail that's pretty contentious or cantankerous at times or do you like do you find your fan base a lot of fan mail a lot of people asking me for my phone oh, yeah. number <laughs> oh, a lot of, oh my goodness i don't even want to talk a, no no um we get so <laughs> First of all, um, we we have a website, the More Perfect Union, and uh, you can also reach a lot of us at uh, Open Fire on the Facebook, on the Facebook. 
there's there's a lot of different uh, people who reach us. One, there are the people who love to correct us. Like uh, we noticed there was, you know, on it wasn't August 2003. It was August 2004. Oh, you have those too, huh? Oh, I love those people. And and they and they're great. To be quite honest, they they love to keep us in line. And then there are the people who who are like, oh, that's a great point. Keep up the good work. And then there are the people who just like to add different opinions and things like that. So no, we don't have. Uh, and I, I forgot the. Those are the three main people who uh, just like to add to the conversation, keep things going, Very cool. which I really enjoy. We haven't seen a lot of um, religious issues. We haven't brought it up, and I'm hoping you'll join us soon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah or at least to. yeah, that would be wonderful to uh, so that we'll really get into the weeds on us. But it'll be friendly, of course. Yeah, no, that'll be, that'll be great. You <laughs> or know. that'll be our first nasty one, probably. <laughs> yeah, I'll come in. I'll come in and stir the pot. Yeah, start quoting Bible at him. You guys are doing great work, and well, um, thank you. It's, it's, oh, that's high praise. That's you know, really nice. But I would, we, you know, I'd, re- I'd, I'd really honestly recommend our listeners to check it out because it's really interesting. It, you know, they, they have conservative and moderate Republicans, conservative and or moderate and liberal Democrats. They have independents. They have um, libertarians, and and they have dialogue about these issues. And uh, you guys are going to be recording after tonight's debate. Right? Yeah, it will be up tomorrow. And I think I think once again dialogue about these things is not necessarily a bad thing when you live in an echo chamber about right. anything that's where you get in trouble mm-hmm. cozy culture about anything right <laughs> no one's yeah. challenging you everyone's just telling you the things you want to hear and you can go yeah i know right how awful is that and i'm like this is a lovely cesspool we've made together like it's full of anger and we hate the same stuff what a great connection you've made in our rage. i'm going to use that lovely cesspool line <laughs> I'm going to listen for it tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's terrible. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, you're right. I, I just hopefully in this conversation and hopefully if they listen to your podcast, everyone can get some kind of tips. I'm like, how do we do discourse better? One, don't talk about other people's opinion. Talk about your own. Two, stop talking and yelling at each other, waiting for your opportunity to say how stupid someone is. And, th- you know, like there's a lot of good tips in there that I think we could all share. And um, I think we'd all be I, I'm, I'm grateful you make this this podcast podcast and that it it shows it can be done we don't just have to yell at each other we can actually talk oh and listening 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 is yeah. really important there's a lot of times we'll say that's a really good point i've learned a lot of different things am am i closer to being a conservative uh, probably not but you understand more but i understand and i have you know Still, most of my family, and I love them, my family, and I and I have a lot of, like, I get where they're coming yeah. from. I mm-hmm. get, and I understand there's no anger. I don't, I never, I, I don't say things like, well, they're, they're just stupid. They don't <laughs> understand. No, no, they have a reason yeah. for where they're coming from. They always have a reason, whether it's frustration with the government or being let down by their own ideals or something or something. They've got tons of reasons. And and I I don't want to go too much in the weeds, but there are reasons for why everyone feels the way they feel, even the way liberals feel. I'll give you that one too for for your conservatives. There's a reason I feel like I feel. (laughs) Well, and I think when you understand that, that creates, at least for me, within me, a little bit of hope for for the future that we can continue to have conversation because really 
that's all what we we do need to foster some hope that hey on november 9th we're still going to be standing hey. here <laughs> to oh, have okay. more conversation <laughs> no but i'm saying on the day after we're still gonna yeah no i'm not pulling one of those but nice try kyle you on saboteur the day after, we're still going to be having conversation when all this is said and done and we need to have hope that that's still going to be there Right. For sure. Yes. And my and my word of encouragement is that I always find it much more appealing when a person or a candidate or anyone talks about what they are for as opposed to what they're against. You know, I think it's easy in our culture today. And we will see this tonight in the third debate. And you'll be listening to this episode after the debate is aired. But um, but you'll probably see you'll probably see Trump and and uh, Clinton will be bashing the other about what they're against or what they, you know, all the terrible and both of them have really terrible things, you know, in, in that bucket, so to speak. But what I find way more appealing is when a candidate or a person or an individual actually talks about what they stand mm-hmm. for. What, what are you about? Quit beating up the other person. It's, it's just all this diversion to the other per how terrible the other person is. What are you for? And and then you get candidates that when they're actually speaking their platform, it's again only what they're against. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, come on, folks, like like put something forward, um, get in the game and talk about a, a future. And yeah. I find that's helpful, too. And all of us can stand to do that. I mean, what was uh, when we had Bishop Mike Reinhardt on here? I love that reference he made about uh, it can, leading a horse to water to make him drink. You know, it's this. Sometimes that's how we feel when we're talking about our political views. Like we're trying to convince somebody, drag them somewhere until they get to a place where we're OK with where they're at. And I loved his his line of saying, like, no, I think the idea is you don't need to lead them there. You just got to tell them how good it tastes. You know, like, why don't you talk about it? <laughs> It's like, hey, what's your um, what's your favorite what's your favorite dessert? I hate pie. Well, I hate ice cream. I hate pie. I hate ice cream. And let me tell you, Alex, he likes Kit Kat bars, and I think that's horrendous. And and you I think what? he's I, an um, idiot. Dessert, he likes the, the desserts that Alex eats are abominable. All right, all right. Negative campaigning is a proven technique that does work, unfortunately. <laughs> Here's okay, the, the campaigner in me will will tell you that. But two. This is what this is a this is my two cents on what will happen tonight. The first forty minutes will be a lot of the moderator will say, "Well, we noticed that you said this, uh-huh. and then you said this. How do you feel about him saying this?" And 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 it will be it will be Baiting like um, what's the what's the uh, TMZ TMZ uh, <laughs> right? It will be terrible. Now the last half an hour will be about policy, like. Do you have a policy for the Mideast? Do you have a policy for the economy? And it will be all in the weeds. And it will be the stuff that people will have turned off mm-hmm. because it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, there's a 3% increase on the upper but middle, but you're not seeing it. Uh, and TPP and stuff like that, which people really are kind of like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting, but I don't understand. And should I be for this or am I against? against this i'm kind of confused the interesting like draw out knockdown i'm going to use the word sexy okay stuff <laughs> is all and when i say it's like ooh, this is exciting yeah. right <laughs> is all going to be in the first 40 minutes and watch for clinton will not bat an eye she'll be like hmm, well this is kind of boring okay hmm. and 
Trump will will lose it. Got to go for it. it well, and by then, by the end of that debate, when they get to policy, my ginger ale will have run out. And so Lauren will be all in bed. <laughs> I'm going to get a vintage. I'm going to get an artisanal root beer. Oh, there the, it oh, is. and and debate nachos. Debate. That's what I do. Debate <laughs> yes, nachos. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, debate nachos. Nacho candidate. Oh, classic. Oh, good, good. We've descended into Grandpa Lauren jokes. That's right. <laughs> Let's not let Grandpa Lauren come no, out any no, longer. No. I think it's about time for us to wrap up Yeah, but up before we go, Lauren, don't we have – I got to tell you guys. Um, so we made a joke about all the celebrities who listen to our podcast. And uh, I, I, I want to let you guys know that, uh, that we got um, a, a voicemail from a celebrity endorsing our podcast. And I'm going to play it for you. Are you guys ready? Okay. All right. Are you ready yeah. for this? Okay, here it is. Play. Hello there. My name is J- J- Jonathan Depp. I'm the movie star from the Tim Burton things. And I love To Hell with Hot Dish, and it's really good. And uh, Willy Wonka, Edward Scissorhands, um, great, sh- great show. Uh, great. Bye. Oh my wow. gosh. Did you guys hear that? That was Johnny John- Depp. Johnny Depp. Jonathan Depp. How did you? Can you believe it? How did we get him to listen? I know. Every week I think I'm going to play a new celebrity uh, voicemail and uh, be on the lookout for that because I think he's starting a, a real snowball effect in uh, Hollywood's lovingness. So. I could almost see his tattoos. <laughs> you could all, you, you, I could hear all of his accessories <laughs> while he's talking. Wow. Um, I think I got a scarf. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I heard his, his bracelets. Um, so so wow. thank you, James Depp, uh, Jonathan Depp. Thank you for, for your kind words about uh, Tim Burton. I mean, for our podcast. And um, yeah, so is that it? Do we have any other shout outs? Hey, thank Johnny you guys Depp. for having me on once again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you We're so, so much. We're so glad. Thanks for coming on and we appreciate what you do. Cool. All right. Anything else? Or are we good? I think with that, we can we can start wrapping things up. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, keep it cool out there. Try not to yell at your grandma or anything about about the election. Do your best. Remember, stop talking for other people and do a little listening. And as always, to hell with the hot dish. 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 Debate nachos, huh? What do you put on top of those? It's just regular nachos. Uh, it's lime flavored <laughs> with uh, with cheddar cheese, and then I put hot sauce. On. <sighs> it's very lame, much like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great.